Jared, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, it's the season opener this week. We finally get to talk about real football, not just the preseason. David Lombardi, Dennis Brown right next to me. We're going to have Matt Barrows back here in a few minutes. But uh, we also have a guest, D. Ford, 49ers pass rusher. D, welcome to the show. We're we're excited to see you play this week. I'm excited to see me play, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited. I'm really excited. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. And, um... So I played defensive line when I was here for for eight seasons, and um, we started off the show saying you're a pass rusher. Right. I know you're a pass rusher, but I like the way you play the run too. I mean, when when you play this wide nine, Mm -hmm. the discipline you have to have with those gaps once they open up, I think is huge. And and I watch you play. I haven't didn't see the preseason, but I watched you in Kansas City. Right. And I like the way, I mean, you can dissect an offense and you're not letting those gaps get wide. And what people don't right. know, in that nine technique, your linebackers are stressed because those, you know, that, that, yes. that gap is moving. That C gap is huge. 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 And that guy on the outside, it's so super important yeah. that you close that down. But not get too far down, then you can create that runback lane. So right. I, I want to see more what you're going to do in the rushing game. We right. know what you do in the passing game. I want to see what you can do in, in, the, in your rushing game. That's what I'm most excited about this season. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be pretty much the same thing. We're playing wide nines uh, with Chris. That's what, that's what he likes. Uh, and it's pretty much not going to be much different. You know what I mean? We're still responsible for setting that edge. Setting the edge is everything right. in any defense. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. I did hear, though, and I think this is something that you mentioned back when, when you first signed with the 49ers, is that they're going to let you get after the quarterback more frequently than they did in Kansas City. There was a lot of, I guess, drop back in the pass coverage last year for you yeah. in more of a 3-4, but this year you were very excited that you were just going to be unleashed really in those passing situations. Yeah, um, and to defend Kansas City, they wanted us to rush the quarterback as much as possible. Teams just stressed every rule that outside linebackers had, so that would involve us in coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that's with a 3-4 defense. And, um, yeah, they came here. Kyle was like, the only thing I want you worried about is whether you're coming from a two-point or a three-point. What do you prefer? Um, I've perfected both. Right. Um, I started out at three. That's that's day one. Right. And uh, once I came into the league, it was a question about whether I could come out of a two, uh, which that's what I did my last two years at Auburn. They let me stand up. Right. So I've perfected both. I do different moves from, from either stance, but – We'll, we'll get it done. Right, right, right. And you guys kind of line up in that four-point. It almost looks like a four-point. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you yeah. guys are like yeah. like track. That's when we're really trying to mess yeah. some stuff up. I mean, the yeah. bodies are like that. Yeah. You know, I'm a big guy. So three-point was my thing. <laughs> I have learned more about defensive line play sitting here with two defensive linemen in three minutes than I ever have in 10 years but, of covering but, football. Yeah. But but they, they get down in that three-point stance, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, I mean, they're coming off the ball. They really they're trying to come off. coming off the ball. Yeah. I mean, it is an aggressive stance. It's, it's I naturally do it. I naturally do it. I, yeah. I didn't even realize uh, once I got here, uh, I naturally put that. I, I guess it's a progression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We're really trying to tee off, though. What, what's your best move? My best move? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't want to say speed because speed is more of a counter. People right. think that's my primary. Right. It's not my primary. It's but just you what, set them it's up what I set up. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I could start running up the field, 
you're not going to really get taco anywhere. just jump out every time right, right right you have to get you have to throw them off um a little power yeah, you got to throw know. them off or something you got to be able to be a tackle outside inside and through them yeah. There's a video kind of going viral on Twitter right now. I don't know why, but it, it's of Dwight Freeney's career highlights and that spin move. Was that something you watched a lot? You know, coming up, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Thing was vicious. It was. Uh, it it'll never be a spinner like Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Ever. They're talking about perfecting the move. Ever. That it's crazy. I mean, the guy, the tackles knew that it was coming, and still they didn't even touch him. It, it you know? don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter. Reggie White was the same way. He had that little that little one arm forklift. Oh yeah, throw him out the, the way. Hump. No one, yeah. no one could ever stop it. No yeah. one could ever Steve stop Young it. was talking about Reggie White uh, a few weeks ago at this event, and he said that he'd be vicious, and you'd hear him rushing. He'd be so <laughs> like loud on the field, <laughs> but then he would always make sure when he got to the quarterback. To, to tackle him and not fall on top of him. And then he would always say, hey, Steve, how you doing? Like, how's the family going? Would you just be, like, really nice? I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any conversations with quarterbacks after after you sack Yeah, him? definitely. That you can talk about on the air. But. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, um, I've had the longest conversation with uh, Andrew Luck, honestly. Yeah. yeah, he's a very nice, he's super nice He compliments guy. guys he compliments, or complimented guys yeah. who hit him. Yeah, I saw a video uh, once he retired, and uh, – I saw a video of him uh, complimenting guys out yeah, of the play. I saw the same uh, one. We had long conversations. Yeah. Uh, I think I had four sacks that game, though. Right. So, so you guys did have we a, had a lot, lot to of talk conversation. about. Yeah, you had, a, you had a time to bond there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, so, so you say long conversations. Is this going past well, football or You got to think, what? in between plays, uh, a sentence is long, Yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we've had conversations. That's funny. Yeah, you know, because I've seen that video of Andrew Luck, and you hear these stories of Reggie White and these great pass rushers. What about you, Dennis? You must have had I, I, some. So I, I was moments. in a different era. So I was in the 90s, and, you know, I played with a guy <sighs> named Charles Haley. You know, I don't know how to play golf, right? So I'm driving a golf cart around, and I drive the golf cart up on the green. So I start to turn around, then any of them go, hey, you, um, you can't drive up on the green. I said, all this is green <laughs> and you know he made everybody mad have so, you met charles yes he comes through here oh, you've a lot met charles yeah I've met so charles. so i came have in the I? league i came in the league with charles haley yeah exactly <laughs> man but he was a beast on the field and he was. that same attitude he had in, tra in, in the training room and locker room he kind of had it on the football field so he always made people upset so quarterbacks were mad receivers were mad offensive linemen were mad so our conversations were always you know not in a good a good right, tone right, right, because yeah, everyone yeah. was upset. But you need that though. Yeah. You need that. But Charles was all dog. Charles oh, he, Charles yeah, always had a animal. saying that, you know, when he came in our defensive uh, meeting room when I was a rookie, he said, All the porch dogs get out of here. I need some guys with some bite. And I think that's what this defense has now. Yeah. They've got some yeah. bite. And yeah. that's what's been missing on this defense. You yeah. know, it's a young defense, yeah. but they need matter. they need more dogs. Yeah. You know, get yeah. off the porch and bite somebody. Exactly. And that's what I'm looking at. I think exactly. that's what you bring it's, to the it's table. It's beyond doing your job. It's making the play. Exactly. I, I got my gap. It's not that type of right. defense. Right. It's, we're really trying to make Got to make plays. Up. And yeah. I, I think it's, it's going to happen. And, and I wonder, you see a cat like Nick Bosa. You got a young dude. You got a guy who is – you know, he was all everything in, in, in college and he got hurt. What advice are you giving to Nick Bolsa right now, just from, from your vet and just kind of what you know about the league? Uh, you do the things uh, that you did to get you here. Don't don't change anything up. Uh, just really in the league, it's just about consistency and um, not, let, not letting the game be too big for you. Right, right. You know what I mean? Uh, just take every play every day, take it 
play. Don't think too as a as a rookie or a young player. You think too much. You think you have to be something different because you're in the league. Right. You have to be you. That's that's who got you here. You know what I mean. So, um, Bose is gonna do good, man. He's gonna he's gonna do good. I, I look. I watch him in practice. I mean, he plays at a. I mean, just his angle. You can tell. Yeah. And he's got that hand movement. The, the hands. The hands. I talked to his college coach, uh, yeah. Larry Johnson, a few months ago, and you know, just the. Everything about how technically sound he is it, it has blown people away for years now. It's it's almost like when he was a sophomore in college, they're talking about him as a multi-year NFL vet with the details. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you you probably appreciate, right? That yeah, of he, course. He has all that long. You don't down. have to coach him too much. It's really quick conversation. Um, I'm really I'm really making suggestions to him. Right. I'm not really telling him what to do like you would do a young player. He kind of knows, uh-huh. uh, which is great. Uh, yeah. Especially for a guy in his position, in our position, where the details matters a lot. So he's got a pretty good pedigree too. Yeah. He's got a brother and he's got a father that understands. Yeah, he got, the yeah. Cheek, so. got cheat codes. Yeah, <laughs> cheat codes. What's your rating in Madden? Speaking of cheat codes and, my, and video games, my rating? Uh, I'm not sure. You don't I'm pay not attention. Sure. To that? They never believe um, in what I can what are you do about to the like video mid. Game? Yeah, the video. Game. Yeah, yeah. They never get my rating right until like mid season. I gotta prove myself to them every year. They put me on kickoff, and I don't kick off. Special teams. Yeah, I'm on special teams, and I'm coming off the bench, and I'm clearly in my second year starting. So uh, I don't really, I don't really pay too much attention to. Uh, to my rating. I would have thought that last year, the big contract this year might have. Yeah, I think I'm like respect, a 82 but... or something. I was like, okay, that's oh, not man. bad. I mean, uh, I don't know much about Madden. It's Madden, not, it's it's not bad, good. but you know, 80. percent I don't. Know. I don't know. know. I don't. I don't do the video game. So, so your first chance to start pumping that up is is this week. You said that yeah. you thought there'd be some opportunities. Obviously, on film, it looks like. Tampa Bay has had some holes in in the pass protection in preseason, but yeah. um, you know, but what will those opportunities be this weekend? Well, first of all, it's going to be in the run game. No team is throwing the ball if they can run it. Period. So we got to stop the we got to stop the run. They're a really good crunch team. Uh, they like to run the ball into inside double double uh, base block on the on the outside. So. We're going to have to be very disciplined uh, in our gaps, and they're really good at what they do. Uh, we can't, you can't look at a preseason game and, and think that just because they had that success that we're going to have that same success. We have to approach the game because real dogs are coming on the field now. Different things are at stake now. I, I'm not trying to disrespect the preseason, but it is preseason. And uh, – we can't come into – we know what we can do, but we can't waste an opportunity thinking it's just going to come to us. We we actually had that conversation earlier today. We know what we can do, uh, but we can't come into the game sleep thinking we're going to do what Cleveland did just because they put it on tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, with a quarterback like Jamison Winston, I mean, if he's on, if he gets in a rhythm, it's he a can wrap, hurt you. man. Yeah, he makes you know. amazing plays. Yes. Yes. Amazing plays, and, and Bruce no Aarons. one, no one, t- and he's an amazing play caller. Yeah, so you got both of them. Um, yeah, uh, he's very. Bruce is very, very, very uh, particular about his run game, and you have to stop it. Uh, period. Each and every week, it does. It, it really doesn't matter uh, what you see other teams do. If you don't come in and stop it, it's it's gonna be a long day. Yeah, you got a pretty good tight end too. 
Yeah. I got a pretty good running back. <laughs> War Eagle. Yeah. War Eagle. War Eagle. Speak, I mean, that must have been fun for you on, on Saturday. Well, no, I'm a Pac-12 guy, so. I, so uh, I, I was on New York City uh, covering uh, the baseball, guy. and and I, I dropped into the Auburn bar, actually, because it was right down oh, the street my from goodness. my hotel. Really? And, uh, yeah, that comeback, those people were going crazy yeah, out there. Crazy. I, I thought of you because we talked about Auburn. Gary Uribe, who's down at San Jose. Don't ever count right us out. Man. Oh, my goodness. Don't ever count us out. And Washington <laughs> did the same thing a couple years ago. I went to University of Washington. Mm. To who? To Auburn. To, Auburn. Oh, to Auburn? Yeah. I don't remember that Same game. game about three years ago. For some reason, our first games uh, of the year is not pretty. But somehow we come out with the dub. Well, you had a true freshman at QB, right? So Yeah, it but it was the same way when we had Cam and the same way when we had Nick. Yeah. 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 Um, that I remember. Our first I, – I, but don't ever count us out. That defense, man. What was it? 30 – the last – was last minute of the game yeah yeah it was the last minute oh, and then yeah. they got that oh. stop though on fourth yeah. and one where oregon uh tried to run it and you, i mean that defensive line must have made you proud they just yeah. pushed them back on that yeah. one yeah 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 never count us out man that we train that way uh we train for four quarters and overtime we train that way uh we we literally uh talk about those moments that's the beautiful thing about going to auburn we talked about those moments um, in spring, we didn't wait till fall or summer. We 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 actually worked those situations. And you're gonna be in this situation. We don't know when, and for some reason, you, you can never count us out. How does the NFL work. differ from that? Is are you getting that kind of vibe from the 49ers this year, or is the uh, professional it training? It differs so because different? you're not waking us up at four in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> you train in the mind. Not these Get guys. Not Get these guys. Head. Right. Uh, with with NFL players, you just got to tell them, like, look, this is gonna be like this. You can't go out and try to. Yeah. Uh, uh, make it a real life experience at practice. So there's got to be a little bit more self motivation now that the guys. Yeah, are- yeah, yeah. Guys are getting older. We can't. Uh, we can't know it. We can't be nowhere near like we were in college. Yeah. Uh, guys are getting older. You gotta think Young some legs. some dudes, right? You gotta think some dudes are like Larry, for instance, Fitzgerald. Been in that game, you know. You ain't gonna tell. We I mean, were. I don't even think I was all. born when he started playing. <laughs> Crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just wouldn't be smart to. Try to do it that way. But when you're young in college, it, it, you, you know, get away with it. Oh get up god. at four in the morning. You are gonna get up at four in the morning. Oh my god! You're <laughs> fighting for that spot. It, in, I in was. The league I too. will say though, uh, it don't matter what you do. Even even if you become an NFL football player, it don't matter what you do after. Um, my experience in college would change. Always change my perspective on life. Anything that I do from this point, just by what I went through in college. So it's tough, but the end of the day we we go on to be uh successful i don't know how true this is but they say a lot of people uh would prefer to hire student athletes just because of the discipline that you have to have the work ethic yeah the the team type of thing your ability to handle stress yes long for long periods of time you know what i mean so uh i enjoyed it yeah, you're balancing things. You have to learn how to structure your 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 life, and then you have to learn how to fight through adversity. And in football, you're fighting through pain. You're playing through pain. That's another yeah. skill I think that can really be extrapolated into the business world even later on. Anything that I do after this will be cake compared to this. Anything. That's a good attitude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I got out the league, I was lost for about four years. Really? Yeah, and I got into corporate America. And I, I brought all that stuff to the table. But unfortunately, the guy next to me, he didn't know about team. 
he didn't know about work ethics. Ooh, that's a you know, and that makes it point. tough. And, that, and that's it's tough. You look and you know, you're like, okay, I need this, this, and the guy's like, listen, I'm just trying to pay my mortgage, bro. Right. You know, I, I got kids to put through college, so you miss that. And when I got back into football and I got back into the broadcasting part. I felt it again and being mm. around guys and hearing stuff like that. But mm. it transfers really well into real world, but it's also tough because other people don't have yeah, the same skills. They're, they're not, yeah, they don't yeah, have the yeah. Same they, they haven't been through the same thing, yeah, so they, yeah. don't have, they don't share the same principle. After football, have you thought about what happens after football? We talked about the piano thing, playing the piano. Yeah. Is that something? Uh, it's something. Uh, I think I have, I have to really think about what I really want to do right? because there's so many things to do. Um, in that industry and you really have to you really have to know the business yeah um, yeah the music business is, is not oh easy. my god yeah. yeah you talk about culture shock it's yeah. gonna be a culture shock for me yeah. um but i think that's definitely one thing um i'm really big into health and wellness right um that's probably gonna be the number one thing yeah and that's a big industry too yeah a huge industry yeah. so um entrepreneur you know i'll probably get out I have a few businesses that I want to start. Uh, like I want to, I want my own bottled water company. I'm really like crazy. Bottle really water. nice water, like I a ten dollar water. I am insane about water. Really, so you can taste oh the difference God. between. Yes, you can. I can't. It actually goes down different too. Really, it's it seems it seems so Probably. saturated though. Everyone's got bottled water. Yeah, but they don't do it right. They don't do it right. I just drink it. I they don't, don't do it right. I mean, I, I'm not particular. I drink any kind of water. I drink tap water still, so. There was I mean, I, Wow. <laughs> there are some cities that have nice and clean tap water. Like San Francisco has exceptionally clean water because yeah, they don't let people swim in the water reserves. But I, I think what you're talking about is going to be a whole new level of filtration and purity, wait a minute, wait a right? Yeah. Said, so do other cities let people swim in there? Yeah, no, well, no, it's some I'm cities. I'm pretty sure places in Florida. Yeah. Really? Most cities yeah, in the world will have on, water man. that comes from an area that is pretty, you know, used and contaminated. Really? San Francisco's water comes if you drive up 280. You see those big reservoirs on the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. Crystal Springs, you're not allowed to get in that water. That's where the city's water comes from. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. You can't oh, fish. The can't water anything, gets huh? complicated, bro. Really? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. It's a whole different world. I promise you. Right. Did you Do you know in certain places you can't collect rainwater? That's the best water, isn't it? That's what they say. But you can't. Collect but you it. can't collect it. That's from man. God. It's like saying I can't go eat my grass okay. outside. <laughs> right. From, ah. Yeah, you can't collect. It's, it's literally. I think in different states, it's illegal. Interesting. I'm telling you, it's a See? whole. It's a whole. It's a whole business. Whole involved. different world. Water. Tanika, did you know water was like that deep? No, I mean yeah. this is something we got to explore. Oh, it gets very deep, on. man. Yeah. It gets very deep. So before like we it. let you go, D, we have to ask: How's the knee doing? You talked about you know being into health and wellness. The, mm -hmm. We thought the PRP treatment we were talking about it earlier. We were pretty fascinated by that. Was that effective? That, very, did that help it, it speed was it up? Very, 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 very. Can you explain? Because we don't know anything about. So it. basically, they take uh, blood from from a different part of your body. Uh, they did my arm, and they inject it and where the pain is uh, yeah but it's like it's very complicated yeah. they get really really deep are you really deep. under are you awake is it a i was awake i wanted to be put to sleep though yeah i was awake and they the needle is like this long yeah. oh no it, you can see it on the ultrasound you can see how deep uh if i could hold my leg up he's probably he was like literally inside of my leg 
Oh man, yeah, it was kind of. And he gets right into the spot, like, uh, cause they they look at the MRI, they can see where all your problems are. They and he kind of just goes at it, and he they put fresh blood, um, into that part of your knee or body part, mm. and you have to. I couldn't do anything for about two weeks. Yeah, you got to let your that area of the body get used to. Well, I couldn't do it if I wanted to. So, you had, you didn't. Have, I was sore. Some people don't get sore. I was sore. I couldn't bend my knee for like three days. Oh man, I could barely walk the first day. Mm. Some some guys are different though. Some guys are walking around. They're cool. So after two weeks, though, once the soreness goes away or whatever, then it speeds everything. Then up. you start the to sort of ease back into everything. Exactly how we did it. Uh, we started, I think I was in Denver at the time. We started running, actually doing more running, then doing more, then more. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the things that gave you problems before, it's just like gone. Oh, wow. And that was for the tendonitis. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned into tendinosis, which is chronic. So So you had to nip it in the bud there, get it out of the Oh, it would have yeah. been a huge problem this year. So. so is it more treatment or is it? If it comes back, the same thing happens, or uh, it'll be more treatments. Uh, you have to explore different options. Hmm. Uh, probably scope. I really didn't want to scope because that would have been like a month. Right. Um, I mean, it's typical. We run a lot, yeah, so yeah, yeah. this is typical. So is it one hundred percent now? It's n- never be one hundred percent. Eighties. It's enough. Okay. It's enough. I wouldn't. I wouldn't step on the field if I wasn't ready. So. Enough to enough to have some fun here on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Well, D, thank you so much for for in this joining heat. us, man. Yeah, in oh, this man. heat, Th- that's another thing. I will thing. tell you, man, the Bay Area will spoil you. Oh yeah, you're I've going back there, to the Auburn since... kind of climate, maybe oh, even yeah. worse, right? In Florida, you talk about the humidity. Oh, I'm a West Coast guy. I grew up in LA and went to Washington. Yeah. Played here. I've been here ever since. So that's all, this is all I know. I can't handle no extreme weather now. Nothing too cold. Nothing too. But hot. wait, Kansas City. We were in Kansas I, City. I'm here now. I'm spoiled now. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that. I was just, I, after you guys left Kansas City, I stayed there to do a, a week of baseball. I was filling in for baseball coverage, and I sweated my way through oh, it. I it wasn't is used hot. to it. It was hot there. It gets really hot and really cold. It's no in between. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. Well, welcome to uh, Northern California. Yeah, baby. And you can yeah. afford it here now, so with that contract. So you're good. You're good to know. go. I don't know if you can afford anything out here. You got to hustle. You got to hustle. Right. You got to hustle. <laughs> Thanks so much to D Ford for joining us. And now we have another edge rusher in, in place of D Ford. Uh, We're going to go to the the 49ers second string unit. Matt Barrows has come a little bit of a weight decrease, but I I think he could still play the run, right, Dennis? Uh, No, I do not think he could still play the run. (laughs) My get off is pretty incredible, (laughs) guys. We had had a good conversation. The league is changing. Matt's the new defensive end. That's that's a big change in the league. (laughs) Um, So, so we had a quick conversation with D Ford about this process. And he kind of gave us a little bit kind of what the process was about. And what it is is just pulling blood out of yeah. one part of your body and shooting in to another part of your body. And he said he was awake and he wished he was asleep. Yeah. So, so it went from arm to knee and it was a big needle. Pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where you're like, He Whoa. said he could see the needle going <laughs> into his knee. Needle or harpoon? It, yeah. it sounds like a pretty big... Uh, he he yeah, said it, it was, was huge. Foot, yeah. it well, was I mean, it's, it sounds like he uh, you know, likes the benefits of it. Does, it. does he feel better because of it? Well, he said at first it was he was really stiff. He couldn't bend his knee. Uh-huh. But he said now it's fine. I mean, you know, I said 100%. He said, no, never be 100%. But he said that it felt good now. So, you know. Well, it, it seems to be all the rage. I mean, you, you hear Shanahan saying PRP, PRP 
all the time. And it's not just uh, D Ford who got it. Uh, McGlinchey got one, and uh, Jarek McKinnon got one as well. So uh, it, it seems to be something that uh, this medical staff really believes in. Yeah, and based on some cursory research online, people say that it speeds up the process. For for Ford, he said that it was, what, two weeks of soreness, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, he got maybe, I'll get, maybe I'll get a PRP at the bye, you know, just to help me get through the... The season. Knock yeah. it out. <laughs> it, it is a long season, you know? Or, or that's a good thing to talk about here is the 49ers enter in your week finger. one. <laughs> my, your, my typing fingers. Typing hey, Dennis, don't <laughs> knock it. it. You start to feel it uh, come September. Yeah, uh, and, and your typing fingers, they, they don't care if it's preseason or training camp. I mean, they're, right. they're, they're typing even more. Every, you know, during, every during key is the same. That's right. So, and we've already been here for a while covering this team, right? I mean, we training camp started in late July. Now well, it's, it's all about September, your offseason. So it's all about your offseason. If you rest up and condition your fingers, no, no, your, you have your to get yourself ready. What? You gotta, yeah. you know, you can't just go into this. Just yeah, you gotta do something. Well, Matt, so you've you've already been fighting through something. It was already oh yeah, a, a, a training camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm through it. I'm through it. I'm ready for the. I don't think you season. took your conditioning seriously this year. Yeah, if I, if I drop five pounds, we're talking like ten percent of my body weight. It's just a period. It's a lot. It's a well, lot. Anyway, on the note of, of fresh starts and, and staying fresh and being ready for the season, D Ford is ready. Are you guys ready? It's week one. Uh, Tampa Bay is is awaiting. I won't be going on this trip, but I hope you guys are ready for the humidity because that's going to be one of the challenges if we're talking about the physical uh, test of this season. The 49ers are going right into hurricane-like conditions. Yeah, and you know, I, I won't be on the trip, but I've been to Tampa this time of year and – you know, for a big guy, the humidity is is what gets you. I mean, the heat is the heat, but if you can't breathe, if you can't get air in your lungs, you know that that is the, that that was the tough part for me. And I can remember Dana and, and By and those guys on the front line. That was the toughest part of it is just trying to get get oxygen in your lungs. So it's going to be a challenge. It's a later game. It might be a little cooler, but it's still that, that humidity. I think is still going to be there. They're preparing for it in a different way. I've never. I've been covering the the NFL since two thousand three. This is the first I've heard of it. First, they're they've closed the garage doors on their weight room and they blasted the heat up in there. So whenever they're doing their their bench presses and whatever they're doing in there, they're doing it at like 95 degrees. And they also have these these tents, these big white tents on the side of the field where they're pushing the temperature up to beyond 100 degrees, according to Jimmy Garoppolo. And they have to get in there uh, maybe uh, 20 minutes, a half an hour a day on a bike just so that they're getting acclimated to that, that heat, which I, I've never heard of that before. Uh, I don't know if it'll help because, you know, after that half-hour session is through, they're still <laughs> stepping out into 77 degrees and, and breezy California yeah. temperature. But they are uh, obviously cognizant of it, and they're uh, they're guzzling water uh, as much as they can this week. So I think that's probably the, the main thing is that they're, they're hydrated in the run-up to this game. Yeah, and it's going to be important that they, especially that, that front seven, is you get guys breathers. Yeah, uh, I mean, this could be a great opportunity for you know you see a Nick Bosa come in at come in on a third down, you know, give maybe Armstead whoever's playing that outside kind of a breather. So it's going to be super important that guys on the bench be ready and 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 be able to be on the field and be productive well, when they're out there. That, that's a great point because they do have nine defensive linemen, and I think in most games they would have one of those defensive linemen inactive so that they'd be playing with eight but the question would be in this game I mean is this the game to have nine guys rotating in and out on that defensive line yeah and like I said it's going to be important that those starters 
have an opportunity to to get breathers. I mean, the fourth quarter, I mean, first quarter, first half, you may get an IV at halftime. But when you come out third quarter, fourth quarter, especially that fourth quarter, and you need that push, you know, you need that pass rush in the fourth quarter, it's going to be important that these guys get a breather. So whoever's coming off that bench, it's going to be – I mean, as far as the front seven goes, yeah. you know, it's going to be super important that guys get breathers. Well, it's going to be the first test to, uh, of that defensive line depth. I mean, I think we were talking about it really all off season that the 49ers, especially after they, you know, drafted Nick Bosa and, and they signed D Ford after the trade – the talk was, wow, this defensive line might be able to come in waves. Well, there's no better time to test it than right off the bat here where they're supposedly going to be fresh, assuming Nick Bosa plays, D Ford is going to play, and, and, and you have this opportunity to to showcase that depth later on in the game. And I think either way there's going to be some exhaustion later on in this football game, so it's going to come down – to, to protecting the ball offensively. You know, I, I think we need to flip this to that side of the ball. And, and this is one of those great examples of a, a good, uh, the, the best defense is, is, is a good offense in the fourth quarter. If the defense could be on the sideline, yeah, because they're going to be tired no matter what, that's where they're going to be most effective. And that's when Tampa Bay's defense is, is going to be most worn out, right? If you can grind out some first downs, if Jimmy Garoppolo can do what he did at the end of 2017, minimize the three and out rate. Remember the 49ers only went three and out on like 5.4% of their drives, which was the lowest total in basically NFL history if you would extrapolate it over the course of a full season. So they were so good at not going three and out over December 2017. If they could bring back some of that magic, I think they can win this game on Sunday because they'll keep their defensive line on the sideline and keep those guys fresh for their opportunities. Yeah, and, you know, long drives is what, you know, defense defenses love. Uh, long drives, productive drives, meaning scores at the end of the long drives, and and that's all kind of predicated on your on your offensive line and your guys up front protecting and opening up holes. And you know, right now, I know Richburg is is going to be back, correct? It seems to be trending in in that direction. Yeah, yeah. and you know that middle is going to be super important because you got. Dominican Sue in the middle there, yeah. and he is a man beater. Yeah. And if he wakes up in a bad mood, it could be a long day, and he's right up the gut. So, you know, those long drives, those those getting those first downs, moving the chains, standing in front of the chains, all that stuff. You talk about being a productive offense. Um, it's going to be predicated, especially in the middle, but that those offensive linemen. This could be a, a good game for the the defense to break out its new takeaway. Um, centric selves. I mean, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers threw more interceptions last year than any other team. Tw- Twenty-nine, I think it was. Jameis Winston, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, he'll, he'll look really good one game and throw a lot of picks the next. So, if, if this is going to be a, a defense that pressures the quarterback and forces the quarterback into making more mistakes, this would be a great opportunity to kind of showcase that and, and take that out onto the onto the road for the first time. So uh, I, I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity for this new look, new vibe defense to show what it has. Yeah. When the 49ers played Tampa Bay last year, it was two worst pass defenses in football. Tampa yeah. Bay was even in some ways statistically worse, although they picked off a few more passes. And, you know, every season, the new season in the NFL, we've seen acquisitions on both sides. So I think both teams are trying to turn – that you know that reputation around in this game and 
And, and the quarterback situation for the 49ers is going to be very different this time around. But I think it all just comes down to wait and see the 49ers play. We've been saying it for months. We've been saying we need to see this football team play with Jimmy Garoppolo and with edge rushers. Well, lo and behold, they're going to have that opportunity this weekend. And we won't really know anything until Sunday actually happens because we've been talking about this for months. But what does it actually look like when those important pieces are part of the fold? That's what we're going to see. But Dennis, were, were week ones as weird when you were playing as they are? They seem to be nowadays. Like you, you'll see, you watch this slate of games in, in week one and there'll be upsets and, and things that happen. And then it, it won't carry through for the rest of the year. It's like an oddball weekend for the NFL. Um, yeah. I don't. I think the NFL does such a great job of marketing. I mean, it's not like baseball. Baseball opening day is a whole different vibe. Football, I think, it's different because it's sixteen games or seventeen weeks, and then you have your playoffs. But as a player, I mean, first week was 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 the time that you first of all you start getting your game checks, so that was huge. But it was the first time you start kind of building up for what the rest of your year or years going forward is going to be contract years are up. You know, you had the opportunity to start for the first time. So as far as the players go, it's exciting. I mean, you know, as a fan, it's exciting because you want to watch football other than preseason. You want to see your favorite team. You want to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. You want to see your edge rushers. But, you know, I think the, I think the NFL does such a great job as far as, kind of pubbing it up, getting everyone super excited about it. You've got your concerts. You've got all this side stuff. But as far as a player's perspective, this is your career, and now it's time to go out and earn that money. Yeah. And and it's a different vibe in a locker room. Guys, you know, the rookies, guys like, like uh, uh, Greenlaw, I mean, he's a guy who's going to go out there home at Tampa, you know, play in front of, you know, his family, and, and, and it's he's going to be a little bit nervous. But – you know, it, it's a fun time. It's a lot of excitement, but, you know, it's your career. It's your, you're going to work now, and now you're going to work for sure. So many guys uh, haven't played in, in 10, 12 months. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Quan Alexander. Quan coming back, Quan too. Going so, home. Nick, Nick Bosa will, will be out there. Uh, did Bosa play at all in the preseason? I don't think he did. No, uh, did so, so uh, I mean, um, this, this is this – is, you're right. I mean, I, I can imagine the apprehension and the excitement – that uh, all of these guys have, and some of these guys probably in in particular, just getting back out onto the field for the first time. Well, you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I mean, he's he's got a little bit of pressure on him. I mean, he just is a little bit. Yeah, he <laughs> is the he is the face of this franchise. He gets hurt last season. He takes a whole year off. What do you guys expect out of a, a Jimmy Garoppolo? I think a lot of it will be up to Weston Richburg actually, because coming back, I think in this offense. It's the the quarterback, the play caller, and the the center are really the three pivot points of decision making and and performance in this offense. I think everything really flows around that. I think the 49ers, after Garoppolo got hurt last year, um, obviously weren't very consistent offensively. They had some good moments with Nick Mullins, but a lot of the problem was that Weston Richburg was also playing hurt all season long. He wasn't blocking very well at the center position, and they're they're paying him to be a whole, a whole heck of a lot better, especially against a guy like Sue, who they're going to be facing this weekend. That interior has to be shored up, and the communication has to be good so they can establish the outside zone. So I think that Richburg has to be back and has to be the guy that they're paying, 
And I think that will help Garoppolo ease into things the way that that they want to. I think there's a reason he really, really struggled against Denver in that first preseason game that was outside the scope of just him being apprehensive coming off a knee injury. I think the offensive line wasn't communicating well. They communicated a lot better against Kansas City. The 49ers now need to do that against Sue and, and the Buccaneers. So I think it's going to be up to how he's protected and if he can get into a rhythm. And a lot of that is relying upon Kyle's play calling and how Weston Richburg is playing up front. And, it, and it's a lot to do with the, the play calling and, and the balance. You know, I think you help Jimmy Garoppolo if you have a run game. I mean, that's any quarterback, yep. any offense. Yep. But that run game has to be productive. I mean, you have to be able to get those three, four yards first, second down, and then open up the pass game a little bit. But I think you, you get Jimmy Garoppolo some confidence, you know, some of those quick little passes out to your fullback or your running back out the backfield and kind of build up a little momentum and get into a little bit of rhythm. Um, I just I, I just don't want to see him go out there and taking those long shots down the field, you know, second down, you know, second and five or something like that, looking for that big play. But, you know, I, I, I don't – like you said, I, I'm waiting to see. You know, it's been two, three, four, five years we've been saying waiting to see this 49ers team. I think there's better guys on the roster. And I'm, I'm more excited this year – than the previous years because of the guys they've brought on uh, in the draft and in and free agency. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think a reason for excitement is that despite all those injuries last year, I mean, at one point they were playing with Nick Mullins, Jeff Wilson as the running back, and Kendrick Bourne as one of the starting whiteouts. All those guys were undrafted guys, and they were still able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, I would say they were good at that. They weren't great at scoring, and, and I think that was a problem. But my point being, if you put in – the better players at all those spots, I think that's reason for for optimism, that uh, the system is good, the guy calling the plays is very good. Uh, it's just getting all the pieces on the field at the same time, and they're going to have that uh, for for at least a, a little while going into to, to Sunday's game. So uh, I think that's why Kyle Shanahan's optimistic and probably why fans ought to be as well. Well, it's finally time to find out what, what the 49ers actually have and it, it is a long season we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show so regardless of what happens on Sunday there's still time for direction to change good or bad but finally at least we have something real to hold on to instead of all this speculation for a long time anyway uh, thanks again to D Ford for joining the show this week thanks to Matt Barrows and thanks to Dennis Brown of course thank you to Tanika as well for uh, doing all the production side of things because um, it always ends up sounding great. Anyway, David Lombardi signing off. We'll talk to you guys next time on Here's the Catch.